the Rambam. So we'll talk about the Rambam Abisalem. I heard a story and then I saw it in print someplace actually. I saw it once in print. That the Yismach Moshe, you know who the Yismach Moshe was? His last name was Teitelbaum. The Friedrich Esat Mirav, even Ben Achaben. The Bialish Teitelbaum was Ben Achaben from Yismach Moshe, the Ilaruf. Yismach Moshe was from the first Hasidic rabbis in Ungaran. From the first Hasidic rabbis in Hungary was Yismach Moshe. He was a Greisim Meshachist. I heard one from a Satman who was all angry at me. And Yismach Moshe said, He says, I was tricked, he says. He says, <laughs> but he was a younger man, as he came to Zayin Rebbe, very good Zayin Rebbe, Zayin Rebbe and the Chazen, the Chazen of Lublin. And he asked his Rebbe if he will live to see Mashiach, and the Chazen told him yes. He says, As ich will gewiss, as ich will nicht der Leben Mashiach, will ich nicht alt geworden. Which means if I would know that I not he, he didn't say Chassidim, his Rebbe lied to him, but his Rebbe did lie to him. Yeah? If I would know that I wouldn't live to see Mashiach, I would never get old. In other words, he'd push it past away from Agmas Nefesh. He was a big tzaddik. So the story is, as I had them all, and I saw it in print. I forgot where, but I saw it. But the Yismach Meish had a schus. Yismach was a tzaddik, maybe even a tzaddik gomer. The Talmud of the Chais, it means the Talmud Talmud of the Mizrachim Magid, the Talmud Talmud. He was a very big tzaddik, maybe not a tzaddik gomer, but he certainly wasn't a shoemaker. <laughs> You know, the funny shoemaker is a big tzaddikim. He was gone, I hate it. It was a big tzaddik. And he had a schus. He had done something that earned him some points. And he requested for this schus, could be from his rebbe, I don't know from whom, that he should have the ability to feel the Yiddish Shemayim of the Rambam. He should experience what the Rambam felt when he served the Egyptian. And they told him, Milo, that if he would experience the year of the Rambam he would he wouldn't make it he would expire the goof of the choice God he would die so they told him instead that they'll allow him to experience the year that the Rambam felt when the Rambam was doing an operation a surgery under a doctor and you read the Rambam's own letters read the Rambam's own letters over the Rambam's practice of medicine it really really sobers you there were no appointments and there were no secretaries if you were sick you came to his house and he wouldn't stop seeing patients till he saw everybody the day they came. And they would stand around the block. The Rambam would get up in the morning. I'm sure he went to Davin first. But he, as soon as it was day, he went to Kahir, to the capital. Because he was the doctor of Saladin, of the Melech. And from nine till noon, I mean three hours each day, he hung around the palace. He, he cured the doctor and all the guys. These were animals. Mamish animals. And they lived their, their private lives with in the Madrega and Rama was their doctor. And then he came home. And he came home, there would be a line waiting for him. He wouldn't sit down to eat till he saw everybody. He describes that when he would finish his day, he would lay in bed and the to sit and the koyach to eat. He had a Talmud named Rabyasif, the base of Baghdad. Baghdad is Iraq. The race of a Baghdad was the Rambam's race of Mishachist. He was the biggest fanatic. He would die and kill. <laughs> he would die and send others to the Mecca for the Rambam. And the Rambam in the letters is quieting him because he was against the covet of the Rambam. And he writes that, I'm a lot, I want to come and visit you. He says, sure you come with me, but I won't have time to tell you hello. And in telling him 
but I won't have time to tell you Allah, he tells him why. And the Rambam himself, what I just said is in a letter from the Rambam. This is not some, you know, exotic piece of, could have been history. The Rambam Pashid writes this himself. When he finished seeing his patients, he would lay on his back, he couldn't sit and eat. Every time, every day, and it doesn't make a difference if they were Jewish or they were not Jewish. And those who could afford paid. Those who couldn't afford didn't pay. If the imamish couldn't afford, he would literally give them the money for the, uh, for the recept, for the, uh, for the medication. So the Ram was a doctor. And obviously, if the Ram was a doctor, he was concentrating on a person. So he wasn't thinking about the Eibishter. The Eibishter was sort of speaking in the back of his mind. So they told the Yismach Moshe, again, I don't know who it was, whether it was his Rebbe or Magid, it was, that he would be able to have the Yishmaim of the Rambam when the Rambam was acting as a surgeon. And when this level of Yireh filled the Yismach Moshe, it collapsed. So talk about Einareh. Talk about distances. Talk about levels. <laughs> Who's the biggest tzaddik? Yismach Moshe the Rambam. Well, the Rambam went to college. It's so silly. It's so silly. It's so silly that we have to have the conversation. They never went to college. I can go to college. It's so silly. Here's a Maisef, an Agreset Sadik, who could not experience what the Rambam felt in his goof, except because he wasn't thinking about the Ebishner in Chalash. Imagine. And if you would meet the Rambam, he was a little, he was a regular man, who talked to people, shove bishove. You see it in all of his writings. He didn't condescend. Ever. He was a very smart person. And when he spoke to other smart people, he laments how few people have any interest in meaningful things and depth and panemius. One of the greatest uh, frustrations of the Rambam is a character that he calls a Talmudi. He's a London, he's a big Talmud but he's a baby. When it comes to his concept of the Eibishter, when it comes to his concept of word and punishment, when it comes to his concept of what he's doing in his life, besides earn points on a checklist to get a big fat piece of yasin, the Rambam has a, such a difficult time appreciating how a person can be so intelligent in Taira and yet be so immature in, in, in what he would call philosophy, in his sense of you're dealing with God. God's not a little baby who gives punches and kisses and stars based on your unhugger. You know, this really, it, it preoccupies the Rambam in the Pinesh HaMishnayis. And when he talks about the Elam Haba, in the beginning of the Pedic he, he has a whole lot of about this, but it's, it's something which comes up in the Rambam's letters a lot. But from time to time, I mean, how many letters the Rambam have I read? It's the Rambam's yard side, we're going to talk about that Rambam. And I, and I want to begin with this idea. I, I always say the same thing, because everybody says what's in their mind and their heart. Not necessarily what they are, but what they wish they were, yeah? <laughs> the, the thing that's so striking about the Rambam, and of course this is something which our Rebbe, the Rebbe of has in common with the Rambam in such a big way was how normal he was. He was a mensch, a, a person. And as great as he was, whoever he was talking to, he spoke their language. This is something that the more you misboinen in it, the more it staggers you. Listen to the Rebbe Fabrengen. Listen to the Rebbe Fabrengen. The Rebbe uses such simple words. He uses simple words. Rebbe never uses fancy words. Never. It's a simple Yiddish. It's a simple Hebrew. It's a simple language. When the Rebbe talked to people in Yechidus, he talked simple. Before you and after you was a grace of God or a big scientist. 
And the Rebbe spoke to them, Tifa Chochmah. But when he spoke to you, you didn't feel at all inferior. Because he spoke to you in your language, you felt very comfortable, you felt very shava b'shava with him. You felt mamish, shava b'shava. I told you the story last week, I had come back from a Shabbaton, last weekend. It worked out that I had an opportunity to sit with a shliach in Fabreng, someone who's quite a bit older than I am. And he told stories about the Yechidism from the early years. He was as a child, they went into the Dead Yechidism. And one of the stories he told was, I told it to you last week, that um, his mother was pregnant. And the Rebbe asked her how she's feeling. So she told the Rebbe that she has a lot of heartburn. They live in Montreal. So the Rebbe turns to her husband, to this young man's father, and says, Tibyazev first. The first mitten 17 to the first mitten scenic route. Scenic route is the nine. I mean, ich verstehe die Sachen, nicht kann drive the Rebbe asked him, how are you planning to go back? So he understood himself that the Rebbe is asking the question, there's a reason. So he says, whatever the Rebbe wants. So the Rebbe says, Eib Azei is also far the scenic route. And the Chav Shalom Saratoga. And the Chav Saratoga Anyway, so she says to the Rebbe, how do you know that Saratoga water is going to cure my indigestion, my heartburn? From personal experience. <laughs> And this kid who was a yingele, he was a little boy, says, I remember how the Rebbe so deliberately and so slowly, with a very heavy English accent, said, from personal experience. <laughs> the Rambam was the same kind of a man. You get this from his writings. Forget, the Rambam's normalcy is so strong that you don't, you forget how great he is. You know, if you learn the Rambam Sefer, you forget that it was written by a man. You think it's a machine produced a, 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 a You forget that it was written by a person. But when you read his, uh, his Svarim that have heart, his Svarim that have his humanity, you think it's a Psachsidish who's a nice guy. You forget the, the Shiluv, the convergence of a Moya Chadir, an incredibly powerful mind, a very, very sensitive and good heart, incredibly refined character a mastery of self as only the Rambam can describe a understand? a man who is completely a master of himself and therefore what you see is very very refined but very 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 simple because since he masters himself you don't see the struggle and since you don't see the struggle you just see simple goodness and when you see simple goodness, they think that goodness is simple. Until you try it yourself, you know. So that's how I understand the Rebetzin. I understand the enigma of the Rebetzin. is because everything she did looked so simple that you didn't think it was a big deal. And it was not, it was not simple at all. The Rebetzin's whole mohus was just a regular woman. <laughs> she was just a gigantic regular woman. But it was so regular that the giant was lost on you. If you were in her presence, you forgot that you were talking to a Because it was all so human. It was all so, she's like us. And we had nothing in common with her. Forget about holiness. Push it intelligence. Push it seichel. How many times smarter was she than the average woman? opportunity. You know, you hear, nobody knows stories. A lady tells me, he says, you know, I hear your speeches. You're always telling the same stories. You got to get a new source of stories. They made a suggestion that you're called plenty and plenty. So somebody told me a mice in that line. A woman who comes to these classes that her shred lives in Montreal. 
Her shver is a professor who worked for many, many years in McGill University in Montreal. He's a professor, I don't know his science. After that, Ebertson passes away. That Ebertson's gone over 25 years, yeah? After that, Ebertson passes away, the head of the university comes to see him. And says, there's a story that I'd like to share with you. That I was not allowed to tell you until now. And he tells him 20 years ago, this is in the 60s. When he was a young professor looking for a job as a professor, as a teacher of whatever he teaches, mathematics, physics, I don't know what he teaches. A woman called me. And she identified herself as Mrs. Schneerson. And she said to me that she's calling about you. But she doesn't want you to know that she's making this call. And I promised her that I would tell you. And she asked hundreds of questions. Tons of questions. Not hundreds. Tons of questions. About salary and about tenure and about working hours and about working conditions. He had written to the Rebbe about two offers that he got. The Rebbe's answer was delayed by two or three days. And the Rebbe's in Poshet made phone calls. Did you know that? So the, the Rebbe came home and said to the Rebbe, if I may use these words, one of our children is trying to figure out what's best for him. Help him out. And how many of these stories do we not know? So, so the, the breakout, I mean, to, to, for a woman to make such a phone call, she has to know what to ask. She has to know what to ask. She has to understand the Rekha. What does the Rebbe know about being a professor in Montreal? In other words, she has a sense of things that she never did. How many people are smart enough to understand a field that they were never involved in? That's a special kind of pikos. It's a special kind of sensitivity. And she was just a regular lady. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about the Rebetzin when it's the Rebetzin's day. But the Rambam has this characteristic in Durch and Durch. And I understand that this is true of the of Rashi. The, the greatest of the great were also Pashat regular people. We were Pashat regular people. Um, I'll give you an example, a latter day example. There was a Yid in Etzel named Rabbi Lebel, so the Holy Bells it off. This man was not human. I mean, the Rebbe described him as inhuman. The Rebbe described him as an Ishama without a goof. The Rebbe described him as the Tzunah Belichemer Mushif Magashim. So the Rebbe, first of all, is a maven. And second of all, the Rebbe Vavtechnish compliments. He never ate, he never slept. His avoidance was not normal. But when he talked to people, you could think he lived the same life as they. He ate a kiddush and he had chowen, too much chowen, too little chowen. The food has to be good and has to be happy. You would think he was... And I, I, I asked Belzech Sidim, how, how did he understand these things? He had b'chlau no shaykhs to these things. B'chlau, b'chlau, b'chlau. When you talk to him in private, he could have been your favorite uncle. And we know how he lived. He never ate. If he never ate, he could go days. He could go days of putting food in his mouth. He had energy unbelievable. His goof was exhausted. He had no kayak. But his will was infinite. He was a godly man. You know? How does a person like that relate to you like a regular person? That's what makes them extraordinary. That's what makes them... You know? and the Rambam, without a question, epitomizes this. The Rambam was one of the most regular human beings. And yet, he was... Uh, uh, an embodiment of Alakus, you know. Tselem Alakim were all in the image of God. 
But in his image, God shined through, not the image. <laughs> the greatest card from the Rambam, the greatness of the Rambam. You know that there's a Maimut from the Mitla Rebbe? And I actually looked it up once, I had reason to. The Rebbe mentions it in a footnote, I would never find it. It's someplace there, where the Mitla Rebbe writes that the Rambam Pasha did not understand how great he was. The Rambam had no understanding that he was the Rambam. In other words, the Rambam explains the Eibishter. In Seichel in human intellect. So the Middle writes in the Maimed that Middle the Rambam himself did not understand how his understanding is a gift from God. To him, it is Pasha, I understand it. I understand it. You conversation, you not convert, But his understanding was, it, it was the, the bridge between Yohakadish and Seichel was so small, was so one that he, he didn't realize that this is not, a human being can't understand what he understands and he considered einfach, he considered ordinary, he considered regular, the Rambam didn't understand how special it is because the Rambam was pushed a regular man. He happened to be a regular man in the image of God with the emphasis on the word God and not on the word image. But that's all he was. And of course, when you talk about the Rambam, the, the Rebbe often would prioritize the idea that he was made a Hanavuchim. The Rambam wrote a Yad HaChazaka, Mishnah which is one of the most ambitious undertakings of any God will be so in all of history. Nobody before him or after him tried to do what he did. Nobody. In other words, not he's the first. He's the only one. To compile Allah's Al-Kalatayra in an original order, not reflecting the order of the Tanakh, not reflecting the order of the Shas. I tell this to you all the time. When a person makes a Sefer of Tayra, these have an order. What comes first, what comes second. Yeah, what order does it... You want to write a Sefer on, on Tehra. What order is it going to follow? So there's not that many options. One order is they go in the Pashas. Breshes, Neach, Lechad, Var Tehra for Breshes, Var Tehra for Neach. Stories from Breshes, stories from Neach and so on. Another order is that it follows the order of the Mishnah, the Gemara. Zroyim, Moyed, Nezikim, Noshim, Nezikim, Kotim, Tadis, Brachis, Peyed, Mike, Elayim, and so on. The, the Shas. And of course, many Svarim of Halacha and Yishayim especially follow that order. Then there's a third way to make Svarim, and that's follow the order of the Shulchan Aruch. You know who invented the Shulchan Aruch? The Rambam did. Now, the Shulchan Aruch we have is very different than the Rambam, because the Shulchan Aruch we have is a piece, is a sliver of the Rambam Shulchan Aruch. The Tur wrote four Halachim at Erechaim Yadev and Ezechim Mishpat, only four. The Rambam has fourteen. But the design of the Sefer is the Rambam's design. To take Teda and restructure it. Why restructure it? If someone needs to know a halacha, you should know where to look for it. Hilchas Krishma is not a Menachas. It's a Nuchas Krishma. Hilchas Tfilm is not Menachas. It's a Nuchas Tfilm. The Rambam was an incredibly original man in terms of his halachic thinking and I mean the Rambam. But in addition, he's pushed a Meda Hanavuchim. I, I, uh, I'll tell you something. I, I took upon myself Bali Nedir and I'm doing a very bad job at it. But I'll make a public confession, I'll end up doing a worse job at it. Every week a sikha comes out from the Rebbe. Do you know that? Every week a sikha comes out from the Rebbe. The Tehidus Menachem, the Hanachas Balahak, is working on the Rebbe Sikhas, and they've reprinted, and they've already printed, I think, 53 or 54 volumes of the Rebbe's Tehidus from Tov Shin Yud till about the holy 1969-1970. And every Shabbos, they give out a pamphlet, you can get it in Shul. A sikha, a maimed, they always have in the back a couple of igris, and I undertook, I mean, what took me long to realize it, 
you know, I was a bocha in yeshiva. A liquid came out from the Rebbe, you wouldn't learn it. The Rebbe gave out a sikh every shah. To me, the idea that every week new tater from the Rebbe comes out, it's not new, it's chidish ha'ishanis, but it's, you know, tater no, but clean, no, it's beautiful, it's worked on, it's reworked, it's really wonderful. How could you not learn it? So I undertook to learn it, and sometimes I really struggle, because it's not always so easy. So, uh, I just, this morning, finished the sikh ha'pashiv ha'yechi that they gave out. This is from Tavshin Chavtes, 1969. What happens often is they get a pamphlet and it'll be a Fabrengen and it's only five, six pages. And you'll wonder how come the Fabrengen is so short that didn't speak anymore? Then you discover why. Because if some of the things that Rebbe said in the Fabrengen came out in the edited form in the Lakuta Sichas, they don't print it. So Fabrengen, which is five pages long, should really be 20 pages long or 25 pages long. But they say... This at this point, the Rebbe said the Sikha printed in this and this krach. Look it up, and they'll just add the little tidbits, little thoughts that the Rebbe may have said while saying this sugya that didn't make it into the Likud. So the Vayechi Sikha is seven pages, which is short. And the, they refer to three different Sikhas, two or three different Sikhas. So I looked them up, I learned them all. Learned. <laughs> One of the Sikhas is a Sikha on the Inyos, it's an Almogibadir Taki. It's printed in Lukut Sikhas, Chaylik Tesvov. And the sikh is about Yehuda and Reuben. It's a Vayichi sikh. And the kasha that the Rebbe asks is how can we make Yehuda such a big tzimis and Reuben is damned forever when everything Yehuda did, Reuben did better. Yehuda admitted that he made a mistake, Reuben made a mistake. Yehuda corrected a mistake, Reuben corrected a mistake. But Yehuda did it for an instant. Reuven did it for his entire life. Reuven did tshuva for years and years and years. And actually, he was wearing sackcloth and he was fasting for his Aveda. And it was a much smaller Aveda than So how come Yehud is such a good guy and Reuven is such a bad guy? And Reuven is such a, so to speak, unforgiving personality. And if you come to these classes, you hear what I always say. I say, they have to pick on Reuven. Because <laughs> Pashat God, Reuven was bigger. And it's true, Reuven was bigger. But the Rebbe says a different word. The difference is that Reuven did take tshuva. But he did tshuva to heal himself. Reuven did tshuva. And he saved Tomar's life. He saved Tomar's life. He saved Tomar's life. Tomar. Tov mem rej. It's a Rashi Sikh. And the Rebbe says, people do tshuva. But the difference between doing tshuva so you should be and doing tshuva to help somebody else is such that one moment of the latter kind of tshuva is much greater than years and years and years of the former kind of tshuva. The sikh is involved. I'm just mentioning a word. The greatness of the Rambam is really beyond fathoming. But a, a, a real serious aspect in this greatness is this concept of Meir HaNebuchim. Meir HaNebuchim means that somehow the Rambam was a servant and a shepherd of his people. Not only a servant and a shepherd of his people who lived in Mitzrayim, in Egypt, but all the Jewish people who lived in Asia Minor, they lived in his region, that means in Eretisrael, and that means in Iraq, and that means in Persia, and it means in other countries, in Africa, and so on. And his influence even reached Europe. Rambam's influence reached Europe during his physical lifetime. In, in, in the writings of the Rambam, one of the names that appears often is Chachme Lunil. Lunil is a city. In France. In France. 
not in Spain, in France. It's southern France. It's 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 called uh, the, the Provence. It's beneath the um, what do they call it? They call it the Pyrenees Mountains. There's mountains. There's a mountain range that separates the mainland of Europe from the Iberian Peninsula. This is Spain. And but the border is not the mountains. There's beyond the Pyrenees Mountains. There's still a little part of southern France, and this is called the Provence. And the Ram was involved with them as well. And the Rambam's involvement was Poshet. He wasn't just teaching halacha. He wasn't just a Rosh Hashiva, gave shiurim. The Rambam dealt with broken-hearted people, with Leiv, Nishba, Benitke. And he, he, he healed people. He was available to people where people were. And there are many examples for this. There are many examples for this. And when, yeah, that's what the Rebbe, what's unique about the Rebbe and the Rambam, and also the Alter Rebbe and the Rambam, in addition to all the greatness which we have no hasog of is this you know what in the, the tzin on the, magre, on the grave on the tomb on the stone of the Friedrich Rebbe and the Rebbe I tell this to you all the time the, the, there's a lot of gravestones in Montefiore that are much much busier than the ones inside the oil they have lines and lines and lines of teeny tiny words with tons and tons and tons of things one of the few things that it says on the Rebbe is Matzev is Verabim Heishiv Meyovin which means plainly he brought many people back from sin. There's a sefer that's called There's a Yid named Schomberg Hansberg. He walks the streets of Kanhait. He's a living man of flesh and blood. He literally lived in the Rebbe's house for years. And he was like a child to the Rebbe and the Rebbe. They would sit with him by the Pesach Seder. He rested Manashtana. Very close. And after the Rebbe passed away, he was really the only person who could have talked to the Rebbe like family. So he, a young bachel named Ashkenazi, began to tail him, trail him. Wherever he went, he followed him around. And he arranged for yeshivas to make fabrengenish, and he was always there, and he would pick him up, and he would drop him off. What this guy, Gansberg, didn't know that he was keeping notes of everything he said. And he compiled a book. When he became a chosn, he came to Shomberg Gansberg with this book and said, Hezekheim, this is a book. I'm printing this for my chasana. Edit it or don't edit it. <laughs> he edited it. I asked Shomberg, he said, I looked through every word, every line. It's a sefer of a man who, was, who knew the Rebbe in his home. And there's some very interesting things over there. And the truth is, there's some things in that sefer which are really, really very moving. And no one talks about it. It's, it's to me, it's a treasure. It came quite from the start. It's not. It wasn't printed four hundred years ago. It came out five, six years ago. It's a remarkable window into the very private part of the Rebbe and the Rebbe. And some of it is not so comfortable. It's quite painful, but it's also very, very real. But he tells a story, and I don't remember it precisely. That during the winter of Nimbais, a few months before the stroke, he was in the Rebbe's room here in the seven seven, and the Rebbe was pacing his room, pacing. And he was disturbed, he was agitated. Everybody knows now that a whole winter the Rebbe was cleaning house. Do you know that? When the Rebbe had his stroke, I'm sorry, when the Rebbe had his stroke, his room was spotless clean. There wasn't a paper in his room. All the books were in the shelves. The only thing on the Rebbe's desk was the Sefer HaShluchim. And the Rebbe put it there. The Rebbe put the Sefer HaShluchim on the table. A whole winter, it's remarkable. A whole winter, the Rebbe's, he was in the Rebbe's room. Every time the Rebbe went to the oil, which was twice a week, 
They took along bags of stuff to burn, nothing seen. And the Rebbe was sending people things that were in his room for sometimes 20 years. Anyway, so he's pacing. And I, I don't know if I'm mixing up two stories or not, but this is one of those things that nice is safe of the next, you can look it up. So if I'm making a mistake, you can correct it. And the Rebbe is saying, Ich bin geboren von Freitag. I was born on a Friday. Anybody who's born on a Friday never finishes what he starts. <laughs> he doesn't get anything. And the Rebbe is like talking to himself. And he understood that he's supposed to say something. So he said to the Rebbe, and I don't know exactly the language, but the Torahin was that the Rebbe, how could the Rebbe say he didn't get anything done? He made so many by the tshuva. Why that thought came to him and why he said that? He's a plumber. But it was what the Rebbe needed to hear. And it quieted him. The Rebbe was happy with the response. And we have something similar like this from the Friyid Gerabeim, where a Rebbe was making a cheshben, taking stock, and did this, this. He wasn't happy with his accomplishments until you told him, V'rabim heishev me'yavim. V'rabim heishev me'yavim. You take a broken Jew, a half a Jew, a quarter Jew, an eighth of a Jew, a hundredth of a Jew, and you support him a little bit. That's V'rabim. In other words, not... You know, a god will be a thrall, writing godless of Tehra for G'daylin. But the involvement with Nevuchim, with Sabrach and Eidin. And nobody in history did this like the Rebbe did it. Nobody in history ever felt a generation of Jews so broken like the Rebbe felt and had and has. But the Rambam was a maiden Nevuchim. A maiden Nevuchim meant that he was busy with people, Basher, Haim, Sham, where they were. And one of the most compelling examples of this is the Sefer called the Geras Hashmad. The Rambam wrote a letter called the Geras Hashmad. The letter about Shmad. Shmad means Achman al-Islan, Hamor das Replacing the truth with another tipshus, uh, with a foolish alternative in terms of religion. And the Geras Hashmad begins with the condemnation of a, of a Rav, of a Rabbi. That this Rav, this Rabbi, was asked about the Jewish people who lived in those Arab countries, those Muslim countries, like Taman, like Yemen, and Spain, and I think also Morocco, they were overrun by what we would call today ISIS. Radicals. Al-Mahads. And their philosophy was the sword or Muhammad. Either you become a Muslim or they kill you. And there was no questions asked. Did he give you five minutes to think about it? Yo, yo, nish, nish, finish. The Rambam ran away from Cordova because of these people. As a seven-year-old, the Rambam was, was a Sfadi. Sfadi means he came from Spain. <laughs> it doesn't mean... That, yeah, he's, a, he's a European. The Rambam was born in Europe, not in Africa. He's Spanish. And as a seven-year-old, his father moved. And this chuvus in the Rambam, the Rambam says, it would be best if you could move. If you can't move, he gives different answers. And this God will be strong was asked about Jewish people who had Lafonim who had superficially converted to Islam, not Christianity, Islam. And he condemns them. Can't include them in a minion, can't let them into a show, you can't marry their children, and so on. And the Rambam rips into this guy, you could think it's a sikh. In fact, how many sikhs are there where the Rebbe literally recited the Rambam word for word and line for line? There are sikhs the Rebbe would push it, sit by Fabrengen, in Yiddish, he didn't say it in Hebrew, and repeat word for word this whole first Shmad. How dare you condemn a Jew? Who do you think you are? And he brings examples from Meshe Rabbeinu, from Yeshua, from Yahweh Novi, from Yeshaya, who spoke a bad word about the Jewish people we had yesterday in Shul. 
Meisha Rabbeinu spoke Lashon Hara about the Yidni became Metzera Teichke de Dilim. And the Rambam brings the, the Rambam brings these stories that you speak a bad word about a Jew, you punish spontaneously. You talking about Gedeli Yisrael? Are you talking about Yidni or the Shoyes? Man by Sishne we're talking the Shoyes. And the Rambam says, who does he think he is? Because he lives in Arzus Harvacha. He lives in a place where he doesn't have to deal with this challenge. That he can so bishat nefesh, so callously, so indifferently condemn communities of Jews. You know what they're going through? You understand their lives? And then the Ramon goes on to speak the halachas. And all the halachas are so gentle. The halachas, the nigle, that supports his argument, how dare you? How dare you? Speak to Jews. It's one of the most incredible works of Jewish sensitivity. And the Rebbe would repeat this again as Hashemad very, very often. It's an, it really is amazing. Like I said before, you, li- you read it, you think you're listening to the Rebbe, and the real truth is, how many sikhahs in the Rebbe are there which he quotes word for word from the first pedic of the Geras Hashemad. I remember standing right here in the bleachers in the summer in Elo Membeis, and the Rebbe, from the beginning to the end, as a response to somebody who was speaking critically about Jewish people. And he gave the example of Meish. Everyone threw Pasha in the whole Pedic. That's one example. And probably the best example is Gradi in the Sefer Ayad itself, in the Mishnah Teda. The Ramam wrote Kalatayda Kula. And of course, included in Kalatayda Kula are the halachas of Apakursim. The halachas of Apakursim get very messy. If a person is real Apakadis, you have to treat him worse than a goy. Worse than an anti-Semite. I mean, the Teda is very serious about a person who's an apotheotist. And of course, the Ramah has different categories. Okay, for potato, min, apotheotist. The Ramah lists 24 categories of Jews that are no good. But it divides them up into four or five different groups. This kind of apotheotist, this kind of apotheotist, depending on what your particular issue is. So the Ramah talks about apotheotist when he's categorizing the Shoyim. And then he talks about Hilchas Mamrim. Mamrim means troublemakers. Mamrim means Yidnu Diravedis, who replaced their religion. You have Hilchas Sanhedrin, which is the very end of Ram Hilchas Sanhedrin. We just learned it now, a couple of months ago, Hilchas Mamrim, a month ago. So in Hilchas Mamrim, one of the things that Ramam discusses is the Kroim, the Karahites. The Kroim are the same as the Tztukim, the Sadducees. The difference is that Tzdukim and Prushim, Tzdukim are by Tzdukim, one time in the Beis HaMikdash, by Sheni. The Kroim exist at the Yehimazeh. There are Kroim today on this planet who bring Korbonus. I think in Israel there's a community, there's a cult of these people. In Russia, for sure, I had Tamides. I had, many years ago, Mohan was 80% Russian. <laughs> now those Russian girls are sitting in Moscow learning about the Sefer over there. They don't have to come to America. And Mohan needs students. Um... But uh, I had a student who told me that she, where she lived, there was a whole community of crime, and she trying to describe to them, to me, their lifestyle, that they're Jewish, but they're not Jewish. Halakhically, we don't know if they have the same laws of marriage as divorce as we do, and so on, and, and Yedus, it's complicated. But they exist, Kroyim essentially are biblical literalists. Let me say they do mitzvahs, not like the Christians, but they translate the Tanakh without the help of Teresh Peh. So of course, you know, the Rambam writes in a letter to somebody, if you're going to translate the Tanakh without Teresh Valpeh, it's not the Pshat, you're not going to translate the Tanakh, you just can translate differently than us. Because it's impossible to do a mitzvah, Teresh Valpeh, without help, it's impossible. But you can decide, your translation is better than ours, what makes you better than me? <laughs> yeah, literal. 
How could you be little? Tension with Ksav is impossible. In any case, the Kroy. Kroy are real They're real because they don't buy into the idea of a Piatera Shayiruch. The Debish they give a Kech to Sanhedrin. The Rambam has this famous Rambam. A person, Ben Shlich, yeah, you Ben Shlich on Friday, Baruch Atah, the Shem of Akanim Echalam, Asher Kedishonu, Mitzvah, 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 how many did I miss? Those are most of the mitzvahs that are born. Yeah, one of the mitzvahs that are born, huh? Is brachas. You can't say, Asher Gatrans, it's one of the Everything I just said is a lie. Hashem never told us to make an Adif. Hashem never told us to light a candle on Friday night. Hashem never told us to, to say hello. Hashem never told us to have Hanukkah. Hashem never told us to have pudding. <laughs> it's the Rabbanans. And we say the pastors. Hashem never told us to say hello. No one thinks about it. So the Rambam says, of course he told us. He told us, do whatever the Chachamim tell you. So it becomes a mitzvah to say. So Hashem sanctified us with his commandments. And he commanded us, listen to the Chachamim, and the Chachamim said, we should say hello, so the Eivishter himself told us to say hello. The Krayim rejected this. And they rejected this seriously. They fought a war against the Prush. And um, they, they were, from our perspective, they were Apokursim. If you don't believe in the Tehidu, you're supposed to believe they're bad people. And the Lachas Apokursim are terrible. So the Rambam says, what about the Kroy Ben Kroy? If a person is a Karahite, because his father was. His father was a Karahite. And he learned Kol Kula. The whole Tanakh, and the whole Mishnah, and the whole Gemara, and the whole Yerushalmi, and the Shiltis, and the Safra, and the Tafri, and the Mechilta, and uh, the other Svarim of the Goyim that existed at that time. And he uses all of the Tayra that he knows, Lakante, uh, and uh, to be Megalopodavatesh like Halacha, he uses it all to support his Shita of Kfida. So the Rambam says this person is not an Apicatus. Why? He's a Tinnik Shanishba Labeinomus. He is a child who was captured amongst the nations. How could you say that? He knows Kalatayrakullah. But his foundation is poison. And because his foundation is poison, the fact that on top of that foundation is built Kalatayrakullah doesn't change the fact that he's considered a tinnik shnish benumus. Is that a Lubavitch Rambam or is that a Lubavitch Rambam? It's a halacha mufuresh in Rambam. You can open up Pichas Mamre and Pedic Bays, I think it's a halacha Bays, and read it to yourself. It'll startle you. It'll startle you. Now, this is a halacha. The Rambam not saying this is a nice guy. That's not mushy, feely, emotional. That's the din, according to the Rambam. The Rambam held that for a person to be an apocalypse, he has to have a clear head. Shana Pirish. He has to learn the whole Torah. He has to understand it. And he has to get it in a kosher the temple. From a malamid to the Yerei Shamayim and a chosid and a maimin. And if he goes away, that's an apokadis. No, there's a word from Friedrich and Rebbe. There's a word from Friedrich and Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe had a meaning, which the Rebbe adopted. That in any letter he wrote to a Jewish man, he wrote, Vosik v'chosid ishirei likim. Whoever you were. Vav vav ches alaf yud alaf. And in the Rebbe's letters, the Chlal, the Rebbe was very, very, very cheap on accolades. The Rebbe almost never gives compliments. But every Jewish man ever got a letter from the Rebbe, it said, Vav, Vav, Ches, Alav, 
Vasi Vachos Ishraelikim. So the Friedrich Rebbe had a Yid he was involved with, who considered himself an atheist. <laughs> so he came to the Friedrich Rebbe and said, I'm insulted. <laughs> you called me Vasi Vachos Ishraelikim. Excuse me, Rebbe, I'm an apocalypse and proud of it. He was insulted by the illusion. So the Rebbe tells him, Vos means to. Amit klapen semichkes. Und spielen in kort. Vetter in apicatis. By eating sunflower seeds, by cracking sunflower seeds and playing cards, you become an apicatis. For them, vetmen abul. That makes you an empty head, a nobody home. An apicatis is shono upidish. Nabakatis learned and went away. And guess what? You don't deserve that compliment. <laughs> you didn't earn it. And this is the Rebbe Shita. Even the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe for sure. Who's up a question today? And the source of it is the Rambam. I'm going to give you one more example of the Rambam thing made on the Bukha. It's It's really, really very, very meaningful. I... I learned a lot of the Rambam's fun. Maybe, you know, it's all the Rebbe's fault, and I'm, I'm so happy I did. I, I, I sort of, whatever, I didn't learn them all, I don't understand everything, but I learned, I put a lot of time in the Rambam. And there's letters from the Rambam. The Rambam has chubas. There's a lot of halachic response from the Rambam. But there's also letters from the Rambam that are not only a law. You know, the Rebbe used, the Rambam used to sign his name, Vayichtev Moshe, or Vayayman Moshe, or Stam Moshe. In the Rambam's Chuvas, which are printed, that's how he signs. But a Chuvas the Rambam could be three lines. The Rishayim's Chuvas are very short. A few words. That's the question you got. Answer next. But there's also letters, comprehensive works, elaborate works, which the Rambam wrote to be more than just an answer to one person on a question. Like the Egeres Hashma that I mentioned before. So there's a series of letters to the Talmud of Rabbi Yisaf of Baghdad that I mentioned to you before. The Sefer made in Nebuchadnezzar was actually a letter sent in part to this Rabbi Yisav Abagdad. It's written to him. And at the beginning of the Meren of Ucham, there's a letter from him, from the Rambam to Rabbi Yisav Abagdad, explaining to him what he's planning to do. But this is the story. The Rambam lived in Mitzrayim, which is Egypt. Baghdad is Iraq. How far Iraq from Egypt? I don't know. 500 miles. I don't know. I don't understand geography. It's, it's not that close. It's not America. It's not thousands of miles away, but it's not next door. In any case... The Rambam felt that he was the leader of the Jewish world, certainly of that region. And he sent instructions to his Talmud, Rabbi Yisif, on how he thought things should be done in, in, in Baghdad. There was a Rosh Hashiva, and there was a Rav, who were probably, by today's standards, they should be going him. And they disagreed with the Rambam's opinion. I think the question was to appoint a new Reisha Koho. And the Rambam had a candidate, and they chose a different candidate. And it was very clear that they chose their candidate for political reasons. They chose their candidate to be able to control them and so on. So the Rambam wrote to Rabbi Yisif of Baghdad. Rabbi Yisif of Baghdad was not a nobody. If he was a Talmud of the Rambam, you understand what it means, a Talmud of the Rambam. And the Rambam wrote to him, I think so and so should be the Reisha Koho. I think that's what the question was. When this Rav, Reisha Bezdin and Rashi Shiva, heard what the Rambam said, they attacked him publicly. And the substance of their attack was two things. Number one, the Rambam Kenish Lenin. And they brought the Rais. And number two, he's living in Mitzrayim, and a mix on his business to ask him. 
Rabbi Yosef of Baghdad was ready to burn Baghdad to the ground. He was going to go, he's going to split the city in half. Ah, chutzpah Did ever write you a letter and you tell him it's none of his business? That's how he felt. And he was right. And he wrote to the Rambam that he's not going to let this pass and he's going to be moichet the code of the Rambam and he's going to make sure that the Ratzon of the Rambam is carried through because the Ratzon of the Rambam is correct. And the Rambam writes him back. And the letter's printed. And in the letter that Rambam writes, I take back what I said and I'm begging you. Don't, don't do it. Don't make the revolution you're planting on making. Don't overthrow the balance in Baghdad. He says, you're taka right that these people who are the leadership, the religious leaders of the community lack a certain wisdom and their disrespect to me is really more a disrespect of themselves than a disrespect of me. And the Rahman describes how unaffected he was by their insults. Do me a favor. I'm not insulted. I'm not hurt. I'm not losing sleep. Don't, I'm besaidah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm okay. I have, as they say in our culture, I have healthy self-esteem. But they don't. And honor them. Honor them. Back off. And he's almost begging Rabbi Yasef. He says, if I had known that they would offer an opinion different than my own, I wouldn't have said it. And even though they're wrong about their argument that I have no business meddling in their country but honor them and the Ramam is mamish begging him please let it rest so they insulted me say that I can deal with it no. now when you read this letter you don't know whether the Yasef followed what the Ramam said or how big a Mukushir he was how hot blooded he was you have to hope he lived so long ago in the he he did what his head told him to do but it's a an incredible example of you see the humanity of the Rambam. When the Rambam says, I tried to help, they don't want my help, it's fine, it's fine. And I believe me, I'm not hurt. Because it was never about me in the first place, it's not about me now. Please respect them. If these are their limitations. If they don't have the wisdom and the maturity to have an intelligent conversation about it, they are G'dayli Yisrael, they are Rabbonim, they are Rashishivas, they are your leaders. Please, do not tip the cart. Let it stay. And it's a very, very interesting letter. And by the way, it's so reflective of the Rebbe as well. Where the Rebbe said hundreds of times, if it's better to say something not in my name, please don't mention me. Because it's not about me at all. It's only about the Indian. And as long as the Indian is achieved, it doesn't really matter whether it comes through me or comes through a different channel. And the Rebbe said this over and over again. In the books that were written last year, yeah, they all marvel at people would say such terrible things about the Rebbe, such insulting things. And it is a film He didn't even spend a minute. It is like nothing. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm fine. Let's move on to business. Let's not talk Narashkaitan. And you see this in the Rambam Zigis Kedish. You see this in the Rambam Zigis. You see in the Rambam this, like I said to you before, this normalcy, this teferis. And. Um, and this made on the this poshet concern for people. And of course, in closing, the Rebbe talked like all the about the fact that one of the things which truly sets the Ramam apart, is the fact that he was so incredibly involved with non Jews, with Goyim. And it converged 
Bashkoch Apratis or Bashkoch Asarebe or Bashkoch Asarebe's Mashgiach, that the campaign of Rambam and the campaign of Sheva Mitzmeach almost happened at the same time. The campaign of Sheva Mitzmeach B'nai Neach started a year earlier, 83. Mem Gimel. The campaign of Rambam started Mem Dalit, 1984. When the Rebbe turned 83 years old, they gave him a ton of, 82 plus one, they gave him a ton of from, from Morocco, they were going to divide up Sefer Rambam. The Rebbe said, I've been waiting for years to make a Chalukah Sarabam. I just wanted some kind of a Sarusad Latata. I finally have it. And the campaign started. And, and, and again, the issue of Sheva Mitzvah, Nenech, is Pashat humanity. Menschheit. Last night in Shul, they showed the Living Torah. And the Living Torah began with the Rebbe telling the story with the Alter Rebbe about going on Yom Kippur to cook up a, a meal, a soup, to feed a woman who had just given birth and everybody was in Shul and so on. And the Rebbe said, you should know that the obligation that a Jew has to go and talk to a Goya but Sheva Mitzvah is the same obligation as the Alter Rebbe's obligation to go and give food to a woman who just delivered a baby. If there's nobody else who can do it, that becomes your Zman Gromer. And it becomes more important than your learning and your davening because this is what the hour requires. This is what the hour demands. This is, the hour co- this is what is needed now. Achshav. Yes. And the Rebbe uses the Rambam as a model. The Rambam was a man who was involved with Yidin and Goyim. When the Rambam healed people, he didn't separate Jew from non-Jew. He didn't separate rich from poor. Amen. And then the Rebbe Sikha, the Rebbe said, <laughs> You have no obligation to convert to Judaism. There's no such requirement. In fact, if you want, I'm going to talk you out of it. But it's possible that you do not know that there's a God. And this God gave you commandment just like He gave me commandment. And the commandments include Leititzach and Leitignev and so on. And the Rebbe said, you are created with Salam al-Kim. The Rebbe said, you should tell this person, you are created in the image of God. And you should know that it is your responsibility to live up to honoring the image in which you were created. And to keep the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Meir. And the Rebbe, like I said to you, when he spoke about the Rambam, that first Fabrengen, you know, this is Memhe, the first seal. So besides for the Hadden Rebbe made the Rebbe also spoke this Indian the Rambam was a physical man lived in a physical world in physical time we know about his life and one of the things that sets him apart was this aspect he was a made the Rebbe said always and about the Rambam he was the person who healed the broken hearts the confused hearts the entangled hearts the perplexed hearts of his generation and he's made he is the person who heals the broken hearted who disentangles the entangled, who unconfused the confused, till Mashiach comes. And I've told this to you many times, and I believe that this is true. Look in all the Sifri Musa, and Sifri Machshavah, that teach people how to think. Any very, very good idea is really a Rambam. It's all the Rambam. When the Rebbe says, this is not true, because he sees it in Elam Atzilas. You can see it in Elam Atzilas. So this is the Rambam. You know, when the Rebbe said, right, the Rebbe spoke, the idea that the Indian of Mashiach becomes the responsibility of every single Jew. In other words, every chassid is a piece of the Rebbe, a part of that, a very big part of that, is this idea of Meir HaNabuch. Health not Satan mentioned. Someone is broken, someone is confused, someone is entangled. It's our responsibility to heal them, to help them. As chassidim of the Rebbe, as mukushadim to the Meir HaNabuch.